0: This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey there, thank you so much for joining us yet another time here on Afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network, all the way from Orlando, upwards to Ocala, the Villages, into Gainesville. We welcome you all, and what an honor it is for me today to welcome to our studios in Orlando my friend Nina Young. And we've been talking before this program began about how many years we've been doing this together. It seems like yesterday that I began doing this show, but it was actually four years ago. And so today we enter our fifth year of doing programs like this together. And Nina is the president, CEO of the Sharing Center, what I consider to be one of the shining stars in Florida when it comes to all of the work they do with nonprofit work, with helping the homeless, with job service, helping those who are struggling with mental health. Uh, They have an amazing facility up on 1792, just north of 434, And it is a beautiful facility that once was a strip mall. Now it is the sharing center. And we're going to be talking about that with Nina today. Welcome back, Nina.
1: It is a pleasure to be here again. Thank you for having me, Mike.
0: You know, I I am so proud of you, Nina. And I, I get to have this all year long, not just the times when you're up here in the studio with me or the times that I've been up on campus with you. And it's been fun to be up there. Like when we opened up, when you opened up Oasis, what a big crowd we had there that day. And you allowed me to set up our shepherd table and got to do interviews up there. Uh, This thing that you you are overseeing is mushrooming in size, in scope, in effectiveness, in the amount of services You've been there, what, now, almost five years, or has it been five?
1: Yep, excellent memory. This March will be my five-year anniversary.
0: Wow, coming up on it. Coming up. Yeah, I, you'll learn. I, I like numbers, so <laughs> that, that's that's why I do that. It is crazy, Nina, to think about the numbers of people you have been able to influence in the area, and God bless you for that. First of all, let's, let's get caught up on you. How are you and Chip doing?
1: You know, looking back 5 years ago, my first time on your show 2019, we were still dating, we were engaged. And so you've seen me grow from this single person right. to getting engaged, <laughs> yes. getting married, and we have our first grandbaby and baby Leia is almost 1 year old. Wow. I know.
0: Wow, that's nuts. That is crazy. That's an exciting time of life right there.
1: Absolutely. Nothing um, more fun than to see a, a little baby grow into the young lady she's becoming.
0: Yeah, that's right. And You know, Cindy and I talk about the name Grandparent is a really good one because it sure is grand. And it's just awesome to do it. Cindy and I have 10 grandchildren.
1: Oh my gosh, you are blessed.
0: Uh, I'm, 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 it's because I'm old. <laughs> that happens when you're old. No, I am blessed. And we have six of those grandkids uh, living right in, here in Central Florida with us. And yes. so I get to see them regularly. And our other four are Texas bound and they are or not bound. They are there already have been there, mm-hmm. and uh, we get to see them through FaceTime and a couple times a year face-to-face. So uh, we are indeed blessed with uh, kids that are loving the Lord, kids that are raising kids who love the Lord. And and my oldest this past Saturday, my oldest grandson, um, and my oldest grandchild, he was our first, uh, graduated from UCF on Saturday.
1: Congratulations. Oh, I
0: know it. I can't believe that I have, I'm old enough to have a grandchild, now a college grad. That's nuts.
1: Well, education is one of those things that you can always, no matter what age in your life, that you can continue to go and learn and continue to improve yourself.
0: Well, I've also can tell you that you've had a similar year that to my dear wife, both of you've had some health issues Uh, and you've both made it, and I'm grateful for that. So that's thanks be to God for his watching over you, and I know you had a difficult week with all of that.
1: And I think with all of us in, in the nonprofit sector, especially in the social service or human services sector, all of my case managers, they're the frontline workers that listen compassionately to all of our clients' sufferings and situations beyond their control, some of them, and It is so important. I have to remind my staff that self-care, whether it's your physical health, whether it's your mental health, it is so important. And that's why it was so important for the Sharing Center to launch the mental health counseling service for all of our clients. Because you and I, you know, we we are blessed. We have a car. We have a roof over our head. We have food in the refrigerator. But imagine if you didn't know where your next meal is coming from, or how do you get from point A to point B by bus or worse if you're homeless, those are all extra triggers and and stressors. So I know I'm stressed all the time, almost every day. Imagine all of those compounded with no food or no money. I can't imagine. It's such a dire, dire need in our community is that everyone can benefit from mental health counseling.
0: You know, I know we can't help every person that we come across in life to see, but, and there are increasingly numbers, growing numbers of those that are homeless, those that are underemployed, you get them all, you get both ends of that spectrum. And there is a spectrum on that, right? I mean, there's a bunch of people that when I think most of us would hear the word homeless, we have one pocket, one box, if you will, that we put everybody in And yet there's a lot of people that are out of that box, they're actually working a full-time job every day, and yet they don't have enough to make ends meet.
1: There's um, a a gentleman, so on our monthly board meeting, i bring in clients that have benefited from our programs to share their journey with our board of directors and really um, signify the importance of the work that we do and allow our board members to connect with our clients. And so this nice, wonderful gentleman named Bruce, he was on our campus to uh, receive free food assistance. That was all he was looking for. And while he was sitting on the bench outside of our office, our licensed mental health counselor, Sam, uh, walked by, and they made eye contact and realized they used to work together many years ago. No way. So here's Bruce down on on his luck, and I later learned... UCF graduate with a college degree, had a really great job as a navigator, as an outreach person doing the kind of work that the sharing center does. But because of a medical issue, he has he suffered a stroke, lost his job, and medical bills start piling in. And so it sent the family into a downward spiral. So they were behind with rent and behind, obviously, with their food. But his mental health was suffering. So when he came to... Um, sharing center and he met sam they started seeing each other on a regular basis and it was his wife it was bruce's wife that shared with us that after four sessions she could visibly see that bruce is happier he's less anxious and he's starting to think about getting back in the workforce again so mental health sometimes is the backbone of everybody's recovery whether it's alcoholism whether it's addiction Mental health counseling will help our clients and will help the population out there.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And I think that we're all learning. I know, Nina, as I point this out, I'm talking about myself right now. I feel like I've had to learn more than I ever thought I needed to know about mental health. I had it restricted into this one thing of a, of a form of mental illness, let's say like a bipolar type of a thing. And there's a lot of people who are suffering mental health issues that are not in that category at all, but they're very real things that that would cause them to have this Uh, depression, or there could be uh, alcohol and drug use that's mixed in with all of these things. But the end result is a person that feels no hope. They have no vision, no way out. They don't see it. And sadly, that person can spiral downward very seriously.
1: Absolutely. And there's a wonderful organization called iDignity who helps um, people get ID cards back. So once a year, They host a homeless memorial service for all of those um, that perished this last year um, due to homelessness in the Tri-County area. And I've participated in this event for countless years. And the number of homeless people that pass away on a certain year, whether it's 68 one year, it goes up to 96. The last time it was maybe 87. So this last Wednesday, imagine my, my surprise and shock and just... I was speechless when 100, 161 names were read. So one hundred and sixty-one individuals passed away this year wow. in the Tri-County area due to homelessness. Wow. And you know, I you know that I'm pursuing my PhD in, in public affairs at UCF, and all of this research that I'm conducting, I think the solution, Mike, has to be a, a public-private partnership. So nonprofit like ours and, and many other great nonprofit in Seminole County and Orange County are doing great work, but we need to partner with the corporations. We need to co- partner with the government entities, the county, the city. Everybody has to pull their resources together to solve this wicked problem of mm-hmm. homelessness and, and food insecurity.
0: Now, you have done some of that already at the Sharing Center. You've been, I know, very successful at getting some businesses. But you're right. This is a a problem that is bigger than even the group of nonprofits that are all together to do the work. And, you know, let's not forget the church. The church is really called by God to be outwardly loving. And people are to know that we're believers by our love, one to another. And, you know, if, if the churches, if the nonprofits... If the businesses all got together, there could be a real, uh, a real slam bang here on this problem. right here, we could put this thing in a wrestling term. We could pin it down to the mat and and get a, a lot of stuff done. But. Having said that, you guys are already doing an amazing thing, and growth has really, really happened since you came on board, and I happen to know that because I saw the graphs, and you're you're doing just great stuff over there, and we're going to be getting, as our program goes on today, we're going to be getting into some of the areas, not only that People can learn how the Sharing Center is growing and how they're affecting the lives of these homeless people. But also, and I pray that in this time of Christmas, as we are here just less now than a week away from Christmas Day, I I would pray that there are people that will say, you know, I want to do something. I want to be a part some way of the Sharing Center in 2024 and make that a goal and an early New Year's resolution and a Christmas gift all at the same time to say that people can do that. And that's what I'm praying that will happen as a result of your being here today. So thank you for coming in the sharing center. First of all, let's for people who may be hearing this for the very first time, tell us about where you are and how it is that you turned this, like what would be an outdoor shopping area, uh, an outdoor shopping mall, not the kind of mall that you get out of your car and park and go inside but it's, it's like storefronts right next to each other how did you come about that at the sharing center was that there when you came on board all of those details
1: so 37 years ago 17 churches in our community came together because those in need the family members needing food assistance or rent assistance and other services were ending up in the church doorsteps and The churches weren't really equipped to to take that deep dive in case management, offer food assistance, and other services. So these 17 awesome churches came together, pulled their resources, sent volunteers, conducted food drives for us, and gave birth to the Christian Sharing Center. Um, Back then it was called the South Seminole Christian Sharing Center, 37 years ago. And in 2004, we purchased the, back then was called the Fairmont Plaza, but now it is called the Heart of Florida United Way, Lift United Village, because United Way is a big, big supporter of our work. And so in 04, we purchased a plaza, and five years ago when I came, we had about $1.3 million of mortgage left. So at that time, we had more tenants than space for our programming. But in a few, three, four short years, we were able to pay off our mortgage, So the space, once the contracts expire with our tenants, we start bringing those back into programming. And Mm -hmm. that's why you mentioned earlier the Oasis. We were able to expand only from three showers to six ADA-compliant shower rooms. And I say shower rooms, it's important, Mike, because single mothers with three kids or single fathers with two boys – They need to shower together. Mm -hmm. And so we built bigger facilities so that a family can stay together while they're getting cleanup, getting haircuts, getting a meal together, and so forth. And so the Oasis went from serving about 30, 35 homeless clients a day to now we're serving upwards of 60, up to 80 homeless clients each day, five days a week, providing food, laundry service, haircutting service, mental health counseling, case management. And because of the expansion, you know we were partnering with Heart of Florida United Way Advent Health Orlando Health and Warren Smith those these are four major contributors for the expansion we now have two case management offices dedicated to providing case management to our homeless population mm. and because of that we have lifted and i think as of end of november we have housed about 69 families or individuals that were experiencing homelessness and through case management we were able to place them in housing and that is so important because the goal is to take all of our homeless clients off the streets and off the encampments and off sleeping in their cars to provide them stable housing so that they can have some sense of normalcy that the rest of us you know, are blessed to enjoy.
0: And you know, those of us that have been blessed like that and that we don't have to face the things that they face every day, we can really get uh, isolated and forget and comfortable And these people, like you were talking about the showers for a moment, I think that very aspect is probably not on a lot of people's minds because when they're, again, their vision, their mental picture of a homeless person is a single person that has no family. They're just on their own. But again, that's not the case. A lot of these people are homeless with their little kids. And when they, if they're going to be blessed by going into, like you said, a nice warm shower, who in the world would be watching their little children? While well, they do that if there weren't something like what you have made available.
1: Absolutely. And and that is so important because we always want to keep the family units together, whether they're having breakfast together, whether they're in, um, we have a job training program. And so while sometimes um, one of our recent graduate, um, she had a, a fairly young newborn baby so well behaved. The baby never cried. And so we actually allowed her to bring her baby to class every day, five days a week. Wow. So she was able to graduate and then she actually has several job offers that she's currently pursuing.
0: And that's the beautiful thing. You guys have so many people that have kind of gone through. I had the opportunity to interview some of them when I was there with you. People that were at one point in time just as needy as the people that they were serving the day I was there. And they were there as a person being served back then. Mm -hmm. But because of the help that was given to them, because of the counseling, because of the food, because of the job assistance, they are now contributing members to the the society. And what I love about it, so many of them want to come back and serve you and, and help other people.
1: And that is a regular occurrence at the showering center. So we clean the shower every after each client's use. And so a volunteer goes in, spray everything down with bleach and disinfectant and clean everything before the next person uses it. And this one lovely um, client of ours, ex-client, we were able to help her get stably housed and now she comes back four to five days a week to help us clean shower, So oh financially goodness. she couldn't contribute, yeah. but she's contributing the most valuable resource that we all have, which is yeah. her time. And and you need lots
0: of it. You've got a big operation going. And uh, we're up against a break. I'm going to have to take this in just a second. But friends, uh, the Sharing Center is located on 1792, just north of 434 in the Longwood area. You've got to go up there, see it. And uh, I think you'll get as excited as I am to be a part of it. We'll be back with Nita Yan. She's with the Sharing Center. She's the president CEO. When we return right here on Afternoons with Mike. Or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling. An evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services. And our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844 PBA Orlando. Nina Yan is my guest today. She is with the Sharing Center. She leads this amazing nonprofit which is in the Longwood area, just north of 434 and 1792. So they're up there with a an incredible facility. That is reaching out to people on a day to day basis, pulling members of the community involved. And you know, Nina, one of the things that you just mentioned during the break was that there is a a person that is one of your strong backers that's made a gift. And it's one of these things we hear about from time to time with organizations a matching grant. So they are matching dollar for dollar up to a a fairly large sum, right?
1: Absolutely. And this is an amazing family. So the children are now. working and successful and earning really good living. And the parents are very supportive of the children's philanthropic effort. So every year for our um, year-end campaign, uh, one of the son would make a sizable donation. The parents would match it 100%. And so this year, this family is matching up to basically $600,000. So they're providing $300,000 in matching. And any donation from now till year end is matched 100%. Wow. So our goal is to raise um, $600,000 by the end of this month. And it is it is so important. I was just looking at some numbers with our board report. In the month of November, Mike, we outreach 91% more food bags than in the month of October, meaning we outreach almost double the amount of food because the community is still suffering after the pandemic has gone away so many Months ago, Mm -hmm. rent assistance applications are pouring in in larger numbers than ever. Food assistance program is skyrocketing. It is just sad at some days that the need in our community is still so huge.
0: You know, and part of that is because of the inflation that's out there. And we know that people will say, yeah, things are just doing much better now and numbers are better. Well, yeah, but when you go shopping, it's not. When you go, like you said, even although we've had a recent drop a little bit, when you compare where we were two years ago to where we are right now, oh my goodness, it costs people so much more. And here's the sad thing. Two years ago, a lot of your clients that you still have today, well, they were they were fighting for it two years ago. Now they've got this inflation factor on top of them and it's getting very difficult for them.
1: And I think it's just the perfect storm, right? You have the inflation, the food costs going up, eviction have the moratorium has been lifted, but families are not getting government assistance anymore. So you pair everything together. The families that were spiraling downwards are now just literally, they're tumbling downwards. Yeah, they're tumbling, that's right. And so every day we see over at least, at least over 110 clients every single day between house clients and homeless clients. Mm.
0: There's a lot of them out there. And I know that everyone listening right now will have seen a measure of people. And I would just like to add in that it's a lot greater than what we see. It's a lot more pervasive than what we could imagine. And yet, there are wonderful organizations. The Sharing Center is, in my mind, just leading the pack with all of our wonderful nonprofits. And we do have several of them up here. I'm so honored to work with them. But uh, again, I am just so thrilled with the work that Nina is doing. And one of the things, Nina, the day that Charlotte uh, invited me, one of the uh, people that I worked with back then here, after having just moved back from Gainesville to Orlando, she goes, Hey, have you ever heard of the sharing center? And I said, no, what is it? And I'm just freshly back. And, uh, she says, well, I want to, I'm going to take a tour. Would you like to go with me? So Charlotte and I met up there at your place in, uh, in Longwood at the sharing center at 8. AM. And <laughs> I, I really didn't know what to expect. I'm thinking I'm going to go see what I've seen many food, uh, pantry kind of operations before. And I, I knew it was a bigger than normal, but I got up there and my mouth had to drop open because I I couldn't believe it. There's one storefront after another in a row, even then, uh, and this was pre-expansion with the Oasis, uh, you met us out front. And as we were talking, uh, you said something that made such an impact on me. I had never heard anybody talk about it in all of my years of ministry, of serving, in uh, helping people and working with other nonprofits too i don't think i'd ever heard anybody talk about how important it was for you to keep the the person who is being served to have some dignity about their life and i stood there and i was it was like a holy moment for me and i thought i don't think that's been on my mind i mean i've wanted to help people because we know as believers we're supposed to help other people but To help other people who are struggling and to realize that they also, just like I, need to have some good feelings about what's going on in their lives and have some dignity in front of their kids. There's this massive thing called shame, which comes over for a parent Mm -hmm. if they're not able to provide for their kid. And that's what you told me that day. I've never forgotten that.
1: Mm. You know, one of the great examples of serving all of our clients with dignity, Mike, is my favorite event of the whole entire year at the Sharing Center. It's it's not our famous signature gala. It's not our uh, fundraising luncheon, but it's our neighborly lunch for Thanksgiving where we provide about um, 150 clients that are experiencing homelessness come on our campus, and we provide a, a festive and a bountiful Thanksgiving meal. So this year was no exception. And the amount of participants and collaborators and supporters it just, really, um, it just really warms my heart. So we have a great partnership with Rusty's Bicycle, so they provided the tent for us. Foundry Church oh, always wow. um, loaned us yeah. their tables and chairs. Uh, Sam, um, Sunny's Barbecue in Samford provided the food and donated the food. Hollerbach, Christina, is awesome. She provided uh, apple pie and um, apple crumples for us, for our clients. But most importantly, all the volunteers that were there serving our clients – We ask all of our participants to be seated. We say a prayer, and then we serve the food plate by plate to our homeless clients. So we don't ask them to stand in line. We don't ask them to clear their plates. We do all of the service because we want them to enjoy the Thanksgiving blessings with dignity so that they feel like they're in a proper restaurant where they're being served. The desserts are brought to them, the beverages brought to them and replenished by all volunteer run um, uh, event that day. And it was just so awesome to watch so many things happening and coming all together to serve this vulnerable population.
0: You know, in a time where welfare is kind of like a given to a lot of people and there's this whole thing of entitlement that is out there with so many people, yet there are so many more, I believe, Mm -hmm. that are in need that aren't that way, that aren't wanting to just get a handout. And I know that you're not wanting to just give a handout either. You're wanting to help people and you're wanting to put them in a track that's going to lead them to a place where they are able to sustain themselves by God's grace. And I love the fact that you began that event with prayer. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more important in my mind. For all of us that are hearing this today, if you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Nina Yan. Nina is the CEO, president of the Sharing Center, uh, a group that I would just like to add my personal recommendation to uh, is worthy of our contributions. For this time of year, especially, there's a special push going. Every dollar you give will be matched. And so that's pretty great. Give $100 You've just given two hundred dollars, and that's really an amazing thing. So please take advantage of this today. Let's not lose sight of the people that they serve. They are are worthy of our efforts to help preserve their dignity.
1: Thank you, Mike. And it's so easy to participate. Just go to our website, thesharingcenter.org, and click on Donate Now, and and or drop off drop a check in the mail. Yeah, it's so easy and. You know, for those listeners out there, if finance is not something that is comfortable for you to, to donate because of your situation, our biggest need is actually volunteers. Every single day, six days a week, Monday through Saturday, we have more unpaid volunteers doing compassionate service to our clients than pay staff. Yeah. And so six days a week, we need volunteers to help us restock our pantry, to clean shower, to do laundry, to organize our shelves in our uh, retail store, or do pricing, or sort clothing. So there is a need for volunteers in every single department and every single service we provide.
0: You know, a lot of people are, are looking for examples just like that, to take their families to, and maybe you have older teens that could go in and maybe clean showers, like you said, or work in the food distribution or or serve in other ways that you've got out there. I know a lot of volunteers are needed to keep this machine going. What you have done out there, Nina, it is a machine. It's a well-oiled machine is one of my favorite lines from one of the movies that my wife loves. And, you know, I think that yours is just that. It's moving well. It's wonderful to see. You mentioned the gala. When is that gala held?
1: It's typically in August. And so we are in the process of working with different hotel venues to pull the packages together. So it'll be in late August again.
0: Now, when I went to that, it was an 80s themed uh, gala and it was a lot of fun.
1: Well, this year's theme is Ohana, which in Hawaiian means family. Ah. And we are all a family because I've heard this from our graduates from Project Rise uh, program so many times. We become... We, meaning the sharing center staff, the case managers, the instructors, we become their family. We become the support group that they need. Even after they graduate from the program, we continue to walk alongside them. And that's what families do, right? They lift each other up. They support each other. They love one another. And they just help each other out when needed. And so... We're really looking forward to a great theme with um, our gala this year with the theme of Ohana.
0: And there'll be a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of lays around there, I I'm think sure. So. I think so. <laughs> that ought to be it. Oh my gosh, that's it. Uh, ladies wearing grass skirts and so forth. But boy, that sounds like a fun idea. Uh, my daughter went to Hawaii uh, this, uh, I think about a year ago now and just had a great time out there. So I know that theme will make for a fun party. And when you came to the Sharing Center, again, a lot of this was going on, but uh, what's happened at the Sharing Center, and we're gonna get uh, into some of this even in our next and last segment, but I do wanna touch on it right now. Uh, There were several areas uh, that I know you've really seen what I would think is nothing less than remarkable growth. You know, if you look at it on a chart basis, where you were in 2018 when you came on board, to where it is right now, and you know, I know Nina is not comfortable with me bragging on her, but I gotta brag on her because she's doing a phenomenal job. So please uh, let me let me force you to give us some figures. <laughs> what was the annual budget of the sharing center when you came a- as the newly hired CEO?
1: So our fiscal year runs from October 1st of one year to the September of the following year. So in fiscal year um, 18, the year before I arrived, we were serving about uh, 14,000 clients and our annual budget was a little bit over 4 million. And this year... Our goal is to serve 24,500 clients, which is about a 70% increase wow. with the goal of um, a total budget of 9.9 million.
0: Yeah. So that's grown just a little bit.
1: Just a little tad. <laughs> but, you know, as we were talking uh, during the break, is not that we necessarily want to grow yeah. at this fast pace, Mike. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that the need in our community is so huge that it has forced us to expand the Oasis to serve more homeless clients or raise more unrestricted funds through our retail operations so we can help more families pay rent and pay their utility bill. And once we put four new tires on this Uber driver's car, because he's the breadwinner. And did you know that 60% of Americans have less than $400 in their bank account?
0: That is unreal. 60% have unreal. less
1: than $400 in their bank account. So this Uber driver couldn't safely put four new tires in his car on his car to continue work and support his household. And so we were able to use our unrestricted funding to help this gentleman put four new tires in his car and off he goes and he's making a great living for his family and You know, the goal is not to see our clients on a regular basis, right? Because that means they're doing well. They only come back when they need financial assistance or rent assistance and so forth. And so when we don't see a client for a couple of years, we're happy Mm -hmm. because we know when they come back, then they're in that situation again. So our clients are just like you and I, we experience our highs and lows. And so we're their safety net when they are the lowest spot of their lives and they need assistance and Emergency resources. Then the sharing center is there to pick them up.
0: You know, you're fighting again. A lot of uh, a lot of forces are are really waging against you, and some of them. Sometimes this is what's so shocking. It's like our government has created a problem for the, its own its own individuals in the nation by offering basically paying them to to not work in some ways and i know that flies right in the face of this need you look around at all the businesses that are everywhere and you see help wanted signs almost everywhere and yet so often uh, the government's almost like circumventing that effort do you agree with that
1: you know it is a double edged sword because we see a lot of clients that are fiscally responsible and taking the government's assistance to heart and using them wisely. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Mike, we see families abusing the government's generosity and not using the funds for its intended purposes, right. like to buy food or pay rent, and instead they go out and buy a large screen TV from Costco, let's say. And, and we have to educate our clients. Don't you understand that if you don't pay rent, you're going to be evicted, what are you gonna do with your large screen TV you just pay yeah. for? Yeah. So a lot of times it's our case management team educating our clients about the priorities of spending, kind of along the ways of, I learned about yeah. David Ramsey's model. Yeah. You don't spend more than you earn and you try to spend cash and you allocate everything after you give 10% to God and then you budget accordingly. And so a lot of our family members that the clients that we serve We're not taught how to do a budget, how to live within their means. And so we have to uh, had to spend a lot of time helping our families plan their budget accordingly.
0: You know, I saw somebody just yesterday driving down Lee Road and it was a guy pushing a bike and, and he looked like he was a homeless person. I'm not sure he was, but he was carrying a TV under one arm and pushing a bike and walking the bike. He wasn't even riding the bike. He was walking the bike. And I thought, what an odd picture that is. It looked completely out of place, but I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people that I've just bought into, you know, they, they just, and this could deal with some of the mental illness or mental health issues Mm -hmm. that you're talking about. There's a lot of people that do need to get their priorities together. And one of the things that you are, are doing is this very thing. It's a new initiative to really ramp up the help to people who are suffering from mental health.
1: Absolutely. Mental health in just all the research uh, that I've read and study is whether you're a veteran dealing with PTSD, whether you are just dealing with homelessness or you're a mom with multiple kids and you don't have a good paying job and you worry about where your next rent or meal is going to come from. Everybody can can benefit from having that mental health counseling session because we believe in treating a whole person holistically. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a food assistance. It's not just a rent assistance, but mentally we want to get our clients into a happy place, right? A happy place a and happy a productive place. place. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you have to you know, get to a certain mental health, happy place in order to live a normal, functioning life. So it's a vicious cycle. Is it Is it the mental health that caused the homelessness or is it the homelessness that caused the mental health issues?
0: And I think both of those can be true.
1: Absolutely. And then you throw in the the factor of addiction or battling alcoholism, then, you know, everything is.
0: Oh, my gosh, it's a it's like a big old spider web. It goes in all directions and it's uh, it's sticky and so that's what we have to deal with nina yan is with me today i'll be back with nina in a moment she is the leader of the fantastic the sharing center and that is up in longwood on 1792 we'll be back with nina in just a moment pastors and financial leaders do you need expert accounting or tax help do you have payroll or 1099 questions do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project if the answer is yes Yes and yes. Visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. With me today is Nina Yan, President and CEO of the Sharing Center, and that is up in the Longwood area, one of the most, I believe, expansive and effective nonprofit organizations they work alongside churches they work alongside businesses they work alongside volunteers individuals who are just helping so 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 many people every time i pulled in on that parking lot there's people lined up and ready to help uh ready to uh be served i should say ready to take advantage of the thrift shop. And the one thing we haven't talked about yet, I do want to jump in. One of the simple ways, easy ways that people can get involved, and this is not a a meaningless thing at all. It's actually a big part of how you keep some things going, and that's people who donate good but used items for your thrift store, right?
1: That's absolutely correct, Mike. And we were talking about the difference in the last five years' growth. So we track everything um, and non-cash assistance is one of those categories. So a non-cash assistant would be either outreach of clothing through clothing voucher or food assistance or um, household appliances. If you're first time homeless and getting into an apartment, we'll furnish your apartment for you and so forth. So non-cash assistance grew from five years ago. We were uh, outreaching about $2.6 million of goods into the community and families in need with the goal this year of outreaching $4.6 million worth of goods. And that is only possible if you do your spring cleaning and you think of the sharing center and you drop off all of your donations. If you have kids that the toys or the laptop is outdated, we'll take all of that and refurbish it. Anything that you can think of that you don't need or your kids don't need, we will take all of that Volunteers were sorted, put it in the stores and priced it for us. And all those funds raised from your donation goes back to helping families. So mm-hmm. feel good about when you're donating your goods and your products to the sharing center, everything, all the monies that we raise goes back to help families directly. So you are helping our community by donating donating your goods to the sharing center.
0: You know, this highlights how long you and I've been doing these chats, because I remember that on one of your visits during the COVID era, uh, you, it was uh, very difficult because there were so many lockdowns happening and the ability that people were having to come out and drop off items to the thrift store had really been curtailed and There was a great loss for over a year of those funds. But has that come back now?
1: Everything's back to normal. And it wasn't so much the the dropping off of the goods, but it was we had zero volunteers to come Uh and sort the goods. And so products couldn't really get on the floor if nobody was in the distribution center volunteering. But all that has... um, come back to normal and more. So we're, we're very blessed, no complaints whatsoever.
0: One of the things that I thought was so cool is that uh, speaking of volunteers, you have a number of people who are very trained, let's say in electronic repair and things like that. So that if people bring things in, even if it's not, if it's good, but it might have like a little snag or something, you've got people that test everything out before you put it out for sale. And that's a really a valuable thing too, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And so my husband and I have been without a refrigerator for over two months because our new one hasn't been delivered. But I know when um, January comes around, we're going to donate our broken refrigerator to the sharing center because even though it doesn't function, the metal is good for metal recycling, the copper wire, if there's any copper wire in any electronics that you donate will strip the copper wire. And we have partners that will come and do the salvage with us. And through our salvage operation, whether it's clothing, shoes, electronics, metal, or copper wire, we raised last year additional $56,000. And so I tell all of our donors and supporters and product donors that your donation, regardless how, you know, broken or old or scratched up, it still has a purpose, and that purpose help another 56 families potentially with $1,000 financial assistance because of our recycling program. And
0: boy, and sometimes a $1,000 so we'll, gift like that, that makes a difference for that huge family. Huge difference, yeah.
1: huge difference. And I'll give you another example. So this past Friday, I attended the annual Christmas party that a wonderful company in Sanford called Briar Team. It's a land development company. And they partner with us every year, so all of the employees, when they come to the Christmas party, they have to bring a toy. And all the toys came to the sharing center this year. And at last Friday's party, I counted over forty bicycles, and I stopped counting because I just stopped. I just lost count after forty bicycles. <laughs> and you know, it means we all grew up with a bicycle, and probably I have two in my in my uh, garage. But to a homeless person, that bicycle allows him to expand the world from walking around town, maybe that two, three mile radius to all of a sudden you gift him a a bicycle. He can get to a bus stop. He can put the the bicycle on the bus. He can get to his job interview or he can get to work or he can get to wherever he needs to get to for a doctor's appointment maybe. So a bicycle, the donation of an adult bicycle is, you know, maybe under a $100 donation for us. But to a homeless individual, you just change his or her life forever. Right.
0: That's a really great point. And, and the person who's giving that, they've got this out there. No one's using it. It's in there. If they haven't used it, there's a, a friend of ours that said, if you haven't used something in a year, you don't need it. You know, now there, I, that's for people who like to collect things and they hold on to stuff. It's hard for them to let it go. But boy, I tell you what, Cindy and I used to be, we loved uh, garage sailing, but it, we stopped doing it because now we give all of those things to you.
1: Thanks. Thanks to you, because I see you regularly dropping (laughs) off donations and unloading your trunk.
0: (laughs) I remember one time I showed up with a borrowed, it was like a van. And I think I had that between one of my daughter's stuff and our stuff. We had packed that thing full and I had to have two hoppers. Uh, and some of your wonderful volunteers out there helping me yes. unload that baby. I remember. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, this uh, time is going by. Job training and Seminole State College are two other of the three that we've talked about today. Uh, we've Number one, we've talked about your new program, giving some counseling out for those suffering with mental health issues. But you also have something on the job training front and also with a partnership with Seminole State College.
1: Yes, Mike. So we uh, launched Project RISE last year. RISE stands for Reach, Inspire, Sustain, and Empower. So the goal of the program is to take the unemployed and the underemployed teach them workforce development skills, work uh, job acquisition skills, and emotional intelligence. And we put them through two rounds of mock interviews with the goal of our students, when they graduate, they'll have multiple job offers and earn wages that are above that 100% and even 200% of federal poverty level. Mm. And that program has really gained a great traction. The first cohort, we had six students graduate. This last cohort, cohort 12, we had 13 students graduate, and many of them, um, by the time they graduate, they have job offers lined up already. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. What's what's really awesome is through our uh, Project Rise program, we're identifying some additional needs. So one of those was English as a Second Language Skill for Workforce, uh, Workplace. And so through our partnership with Seminole State College and our awesome 4 member, um, BOSM, with Seminole State College, we were able to launch English as a Second Language class on the Sharing Center campus to dovetail with our Project Rise wow. uh, program. And so we're very excited. We just graduated the first cohort of our English as a Second Language class. And we'll continue to find programs that are clients need to launch those. And
0: a high percentage of your graduates, the people that go through this job training program are actually landing jobs. It's a shocking number.
1: Absolutely. And, and so we're, we're just thrilled. So our, our next is, uh, initiative would be to look at our big picture goals, right? So five years ago, um, when I was on your show for the first time, we had several big, wild, wicked dreams of mine. One was to pay off the mortgage for the shopping center The other one was to launch mental health counseling and um, one of our big, big, big initiative for the coming years. And we're focused really on our resources on identifying solutions for homelessness and affordable housing initiatives.
0: Mm Wow. Oh, it's so exciting. So tell us about this thing you're doing with Seminole State College.
1: Yeah, so we uh, recently started a a partnership with them. Um, We provide the space and the student recruitment process, and they provide the expertise and the instructor. And uh, through a grant, our students also have laptops while they're in this program. And so our goal is to continue to work through Seminole State College to offer these short-term certifications or short-term skills to allow our families to um, secure those higher paying jobs. And so as recently as yesterday, I was on the call with um, a couple of their program folks. Um, one of the needs in our hospital system, both Orlando Health and Avon Health is for entry level medical assistance or um, certified n- nursing assistants, medical assistants, And so uh, we're talking to Seminole State College now to see if it's feasible, to do that short-term eight-week training program. Mm-hmm. And so we can prepare a pipeline of qualified talents for both of our partner hospitals, Orlando Health and Avon Health.
0: What a great thing to have this kind of partnership. And early on in this program, we talked about the, the desire and the need to branch out even farther into businesses and get their help and partnership, like what you're doing right here.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, this... This is such an old cliche, but it's truly so valid that we can't do the work without a village coming together to support yeah. us. So when we were expanding Oasis, it was United Way and Orlando Health, Avon Health, Warren Smith Construction, that all came together along with several of our founding church members mm-hmm. that um, donated major Funds to allow us to expand our homeless department, and so as we continue to expand our program, and we'll continue to identify partners, corporate partners, to help us do our work.
0: Now, I know our church, Metro Life Church in Castleberry, yes. really are taking part with you, and that is something that other churches can do as well if they're not yet doing anything and they're looking for a year-end way to give. Giving to the Sharing Center is a way to sow back into the community. And I'm seeing more and more churches kind of catch the importance of not only involvement in their own congregation, but to their congregation, getting involved in the community. That's so important.
1: Yes, and we we love our 17 founding churches and beyond because we're supported by so many of our faith partners. And it's it's nothing short of a, a miracle because our 17 founding churches come from all backgrounds, right? You have the Catholics, the Baptists, the Moravians, the Evangelical,
0: mm-hmm. Presbyterian,
1: Methodists, and so on and on. And everybody coming together to do God's work, right? That's and wonderful. Many of these churches, except one who have um, closed their doors, but all 16 churches are very engaged. And this month, actually, we've received quite a few uh, large contributions. So, A lot of the church, they have a a benevolence or a mission budget and come year end, if there's money left over, you know, they'll look at what agency is doing God's work, which agency is really proving itself to be really fiscally responsible. And so I would do a shout out to our church partners that if there are funds left over, you know, we need the additional funds to help families pay rent and buy food. And so Um, I'm going to do a shameless plug to our church partners listening. Um, Please think of the the Sharing Center or the Christian Sharing Center um, as you're doing your year-end donations.
0: And again, it is going to such a great need. And of course, we talked about this as well. Volunteers are needed. So these two things, if you want to know how you can help, two different ways you can volunteer and you can give maybe a year-end gift. Maybe it's a church that's hearing this. Perhaps it's just individuals. Maybe you're a business that is looking for a way to uh, give a good write-off to something that is a worthwhile place like the Sharing Center is, one that is fiscally responsible as they are, and uh, you can actually give a gift that will make a difference here in the year in giving. So give us your website one more time, if you will.
1: It's www thesharingcenter.org that's O R G.
0: that's great nina nina yan president ceo of the sharing center thank you for being with me one more time we're, we'll uh, kick we're in our fifth year of doing this together
1: it's so, always an honor a pleasure
0: well i'm looking forward to the days ahead merry christmas to you and your hubby, okay
1: Merry Christmas to all.
0: All right. And that's about all of our time today. We'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd.